0: This is your hostess, Michelle Anderson of the podcast, Manifestor Academy for Entrepreneurs. And I am going to talk today about being cool (laughs) and my theory about why that's so very important. I'm going to tell you a story and I'm going to relate back to my awesome um, episodes about desire and why I think that's just the bee's knees of business and personal growth building is being tapped in with that. And I talked a little bit in the last episode about, um, you know, how important this is to be tapped into your desire and how it leads to clarity and how this place it, it's a feeling and, you know, we can have goals and we can have milestones and things that we're striving for. But most of the time we're on the journey, so if we can just feel good on the journey, then we're kind of just there, right? Yeah. I mean, most of our time is probably spent either on the journey, you know, looking forward to something. Once we get somewhere, what's the next thing we want? The next thing. (laughs) Yeah. So. So being, being it, being and feeling good, that's, that's where it's at. So what's this, why did I bring up being cool? Well, two, two stories, too many stories. When I was a kid, I really was an awkward, shy person um, for a couple of reasons. And I explained these in the ep- other episodes, so. Check them out if 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 you really want to go deep into the backstory, uh, but I just you know I was painfully shy, really just not connected to who I was, and and hey I was a I was a cute kid but I was sad looking, I just a lot of times I had a frown on my face unless I was with like my best friend or something, and I I was too shy to really like speak up and use my voice and do the things I wanted to do, and I'm not the only kid that was shy and awkward and i'm not the only kid that had some you know pieces of my childhood that made me feel that way and you know i felt like there were some bad parts of you know what that time was or whatever like things that made me feel like i wasn't good enough or i wasn't i wasn't uh i wasn't the best kid out there i wasn't cool I saw myself as, since I was shy and wasn't able to speak up, I saw myself as, like, not not one of the popular kids, and I wasn't. I, you know, I had a, a quieter group of friends. I had some good friends. But to be cool, you know, that, that was something I looked up to and something that, as a cultural value, when I grew up in the 80s in Virginia... <laughs> as where I went to elementary school. And then I moved a couple times. And you know. In the school years. Great school years. Being cool is important right? Well. I remember. Wanting to be cool. (laughs) And it just seemed out of reach. But I was going to try anyway. And I liked Barbies. So I. Decided that I wanted to get the Barbie and the Rockers perm, her perm was cool, and she, I was kind of a tomboy, and uh, I liked a lot of things, I liked, I liked pretty dresses, but it was also fun to be a tomboy, and my best friend was a tomboy, and since I didn't, I wasn't tapped into my own identity, I copycatted her, and so she was a tomboy, this other part of me wasn't really getting fulfilled that much, but it was kind of a Fancy prissy side that like to dress up and have pretty things too Um, But because I wanted to be you know, I, I wanted to feel Like I knew who I was and I didn't know who that was I would just copy my friend and that got on our nerves But this one time I just had this really big desire to get my hair done The way that I thought was the most beautiful and coolest and that was gonna be the same exact perm that Barbie and the Rockers had. So her perm was curly on the top and straight in the back. So the way to get this was I had to get my hair cut in a mullet first. So it was short on top and long in the back. And then the hairdresser put a lot of curl, tight curls in the top and wave in the back. So it was pretty close. So it kind of looked like didn't look like Barbie and the Rockers because she had blonde hair and I had brown hair and she was an adult um pretend toy and I was a kid so I kind of looked like a flopsy mopsy poodle with curly hair and floppy (laughs) ears and this thing I thought was going to make me look so cool went really wrong and I think you know, for, in a big way, it's because I didn't, I wasn't connected to who I was, and I, you know, when you're a kid, how much style do you have, but some kids had some style, I just didn't know how to do that, so this was, you know, the thing I thought was going to make me feel cool, kind of made me feel even worse, and my mom loved it, I think she told me it was cute, and so secretly, I kind of liked it, because I thought, well, maybe it's my connection to Barbie and the Rockers, but I don't know. This was a big fail, a really big fail. Um, anyways, so being cool was like something I just felt really far away from as a young person. And I kind of saw it saw it as this other thing. And I did aspire when I grew up to have money and, uh, you know, be able to have things but really to be able to have things in order to be cool (laughs) honestly I wanted to have that feeling I wanted to feel cool so what is it to feel cool let me tell you this other mini story first okay so I was dating this really nice man and he was from he's from India and I haven't been to India but from my understanding this is a place where there's so many people, right? And to really stand out, you have to be so extraordinary. And it seemed to me that like some of the Indian people that I was meeting is that it's a really high value in this culture to get a lot of education for those who are able to take that path. So this person was like tippity-top of their class at the tippity-top school in this country, with so many people, and um, I started to see these themes, and some of the Indian people that I had met here, I was like, gosh, it's like, their, their values on, you know, striving, and, and being the best, like, there's some really, really, you know, intelligent people that have come over here, that are, that are like, impressive in their, in their academic, like, list of all the things they've accomplished, and everything, and I thought, I bet I bet this is like a big value for them and he used to talk about you know all the millionaires in his family and there were several and some of them were kind of famous and uh, that was okay like to me um, I still just want to be cool (laughs) and so he talked a lot about what it was like to be here in the United States and you know how how things were kind of perceived you know a little differently and he was really you know still in the story like I just want to you know these other levels I want to reach these other levels of life and this is important and all these things he was explaining and I said you know what though in, in the United States yes you know we work hard but that's not our biggest you know we don't value that the most it's not, a, it's not the biggest value here and he was like, What? What are you talking about? I said, The biggest value is to be cool. <laughs> he looked at me, and this is, he's such an intelligent person. And he was like, Oh my gosh, Michelle, you are right. And he just paced on his kitchen floor for like a minute, like just saying, You know, whether or not that's our highest value. One thing that it really came to be clear is that. Especially when we have such a thriving pop culture here. To be cool, to be seen, to be heard, to have a presence, to have a unique individuality that is seen as aspirational or interesting—that is a huge, huge value for us. We don't have royalty. We have we have celebrities, and and they are some of them are are cool certain kids in school have been our cool certain people at work might be the cool it's this cool thing that you know that's kind of a big deal the way that i've experienced it being in our culture so i think that's fascinating but but why would this be like why does being cool have such a holding power now we, I'm sure, certainly, we can think of a lot of people that were perceived as cool in our lifetimes that were maybe jerks, but that's beside the point. But but what is being cool? Like, why is that something that I'm saying has, has value or holding power or captivates our attention? It's because in a culture where individuality is so important, It can be overwhelming to know who we're supposed to be. And those people for whom it seems that they know who they are. They're cool. They are cool. That is cool. When when someone has a really distinct identity, and they seem at ease with that, we think that's cool. And for some of these people, we say to ourselves, I want that. And that's how celebrities get these, you know, fans that dress like them and want to be like them and mimic them and and mimic their cool. They they want to have what that that cool icon has. And what do they have? Well, it could be an image, it could be a front, but you know, cool is um, it's a way of saying, you know, we value authenticity. And there is, you know, so much more hunger now for people just wanting to feel authentic and be authentic. And I love being cool. And I love feeling cool. And I love that that's a big part of our culture. And certainly there's a lot of cool things that you know, labeled as cool or whatever that might not necessarily be authentic. They might be unique and individual and, you know, an image or something of a pop star or whatever, but cool and being natural and feeling natural and being at ease with yourself and being authentic. That is the thing that you are if you are tapped into your desire. So yeah, I think being cool is important. Um, I think it's just as important to thrive to be in that space in this and what I mean by that is to 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 be in that authentic space and to be yourself that is the place to be that is when when you are being that everything else just lines up for you and a lot of times we're on a path to get something that's going to make us feel something and we don't even really know what that other thing that we're is on the other side is but a lot of times we're like on a path to get more money or get to a milestone in our career or get to the kind of relationship that we want or just get to this next place so that we can feel this thing that we can actually just feel now which is authentic uh and when you just start feeling that now either that milestone or that journey is going to come easier or you're going to just enjoy the ride so much that you're you're going to flow more you're going to be more in tune with where you're going you're going to have clarity you're just going to you're going to open up you're going to be more at ease with the fact that you're not there yet but it's coming and when you start feeling who you are right now and you always are who you are it's just that we get messages in front of us that take us away from that and take us on these other paths um and and it actually kind of manifests into like an addiction um like an addictive pattern and it's explained really well in the joe dispenza book uh becoming supernatural how when you get into living um, out of habits and patterns and behaviors that aren't really authentic to yourself, they just kind of form this, this, these patterns and behaviors in your life that you keep repeating. And they can be really hard patterns to break, but they're breakable. And your brain just only knows those certain things to do. So you might have had a goal. Like say you want to leave your job and start a business. And you've had this goal for a long, long time. And you're like, gosh, I'll do it when, I'll do it when, I'll do it when. And there's like a milestone in your mind. Like I'll do it when I get there. I'll do it when I have enough money saved up. I'll do it when, I'll do it when. But you can't ever really break that cycle unless you do something really different. Or unless you really tap into your desire and your being and start transcending that cyclical thought pattern and just tapping into the the greater mind the the greater possibility that's here for you um all possibilities exist and when we rely on the world that we're seeing right now to tell us what's possible then we kind of tell ourselves that those possibilities don't exist. So, you know, to to get to this authentic place, if you're not already, number one, you get clear on your desire and you get clear on your desire by removing the things that are in the way that just aren't working. So if you have no clue what is going to make you feel cool, (laughs) you just have to start by getting the crap out of your life. And it might be a, a crappy job. It might just be that you have to leave your job. Now, I don't advocate not having any income if you are absolutely not sure what's going to happen next. So that is, you know, you don't want to put yourself into where you're being a victim and have to live with somebody or something like that. But, um, you know, your attitude can change about being there. You know, just knowing that there's possibilities out there for you could be a way to shift up and out of a place that's not authentic to you right now. And I know a lot of people are scared about leaving one thing and going to the next. Um, I actually had three part-time jobs when I started freelancing and started my first business. And I had dwindled it down to one job, and then I, or two jobs, and then finally to one job. And that was, I was freelancing. And then finally I thought, well, I have enough clients for three months, so I left the first, one, the la- very last one. So that was kind of a safe enough way of stepping stones to just get out to my own, and my expenses were really low. And I just knew that even though I wasn't super sure about how I was going to fill up the rest of my plans, I was going to, between nine and five every day, work on filling that up. So. That for me was like I wasn't authentic at all in the stupid jobs that I had pieced together during the recession. I knew that you know being in my business was way more authentic and it wasn't like the perfect answer, but I jumped over into it and then um, made it work so that's just an example um, and and how what you desire and and who you're being and what's authentic to you is going to change. And that's great. That's, that's natural. So the other piece is the longer you keep yourself from what this authentic place is for you, the harder it is going to gonna be to get to it and to reconnect with it. It's not impossible, but it's just going to be harder the longer you wait. And um, it could be painful. It could feel impossible. It could feel like moving, a, like not just one mountain, but like a mountain range. I know people whose stories are stacked up with so many excuses that they're just a pile of excuses now. And, you know, being authentic is just probably never gonna happen. And it's sad. But it doesn't mean that it can't. It always can, no matter where you are, it's never too late to start. It's painful not to be there. Um, the best thing you can do is take steps toward it. So that is why I'm making um, the worksheets that I'm making, and I'm putting them on line. I'm still just waiting for them to come back hot off the press from my graphic designer. I'm really excited about that, but I'm putting together these worksheets that are like about tapping into your desire and getting that cool factor, like making it easy getting out of overwhelm, getting where you want to get, um, getting everything, you can have whatever you want out of your life. And let me tell you this, when you finally get it, if you haven't had it yet, or your whole life, or you've been living a really different way, it's gonna feel weird. I remember getting what I wanted peace, happiness, money, and it felt really weird, and it felt really uncomfortable. I was like, whoa, where's the drama? Because I was so used to having drama. And I tried to bring drama back in by dating um, an addict, someone who was gonna definitely bring distraction and chaos to my life. And uh, what are other ways that I tried to bring drama into my life? Just silly little ways like not calendaring or just, you know, letting letting my overwhelm kind of take over. But watch yourself when you start to get the things you want. How are you going to sabotage? Um, yeah. I mean, once you're addicted to a pattern that doesn't work and you start to change it, I mean, it's an addiction. Like your brain just wants to work in these ways that it has always worked. So when you start to give it peace and love and nourishment and take all the crapola out of your life and give yourself this open space that's all about you and all about what you want, it can feel really vulnerable and really raw and it can kind of feel boring but I promise you if you can have the strength and vulnerability to sit in that space and allow it to open up and to become your new normal the feeling of being there and just being like takes you straight out of this victim mode of reacting to all the circumstances into your life to this gorgeous empowered mode of just being you and the reason it feels so weird is that if you've been fighting all your life to get somewhere you're not fighting anymore because you're there It feels so amazing to feel this feeling and I've tried to tell my friends about it but it's not really something you can describe. If you arrive there, you'll, you'll know. Um, just the relief and the lack of pain I feel is worth everything. It's everything. So I'm on a mission to help other people have access to their own selves and that's why this podcast exists. If you like it, Subscribe wherever you're listening. Um, leave a review. It's a new podcast, so I would love it if you left a review. Um, even if you don't like it, if there's something you don't like about it and you think it could be better, I don't care. Let me know. Um, you can follow the message on the Instagram handle, Michelle and Anderson. It's S E N at the end. So Michelle and Anderson is where I hang out on Instagram. There's more to see there. Um, I'm glad you came. Thank you.